Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the F1 Show for coverage of the 2009 Chinese Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner, and I have to apologize for no race intro this time, uh, pre-race intro. I uh, frankly was just too caught up in class and uh, couldn't do it, but uh, sorry. Fair enough. Uh, and I'm Jim Lau, and we've got uh, some old business to cover from since the last race. There's um, plenty to talk I about. I am pleased, very, very pleased to report um, no one has been disqualified from the last race. Thank goodness. The only um, penalty on the grid will be a gearbox change for uh, Timo Glock. Timo Glock, and yes, that's gearbox. And not, not a whole lot of drama there, nothing yes. too crazy. So thankfully, um, that's been the only, you know, the only sort of political issues um, regarding the start of this race. However, However. <laughs> yeah, there is very, another big, very big political issue in Formula One, and that is the diffusers that previously, or that, well, currently, um, Braun GP and Toyota and Williams um, were the only three teams that uh, had these diffusers on their cars, and there was a big question as to whether or not those were legal, and the FIA has spoken. The FIA says they are legal. Uh, quit your whining and get on with racing, which is exactly what we've been saying uh, from the beginning, it's it's nice to have this decision. It would have been an awful shame for uh, the results of Braun GP and Williams and Toyota to have been thrown out. Um, and uh, now we can move on. And uh, I'm I'm certain that all the teams were doing some cor- some kind of development on the double decker trick uh, diffuser as soon as they saw Braun GP cars have them. I'm so I'm certain they're all talking about oh it's going to take months and cost millions. I'm sure a lot of that's already you know been started and they've gotten the ball rolling on that. But the important thing is is that they are legal, um, and we can move on and hopefully be done with that nonsense. Yeah, and just uh, as a note to that, um, Renault and McLaren were actually the only two teams that previously didn't have new diffusers, and they were running this weekend what what we called sort of inter, uh, interim diffusers. That they weren't quite the same design as at the uh, of the top three cars uh, as far as diffusers, but uh, they did have some different elements to them. So um, obviously, there's some development has gone on there that they've been able to put something in place. Um, but it'll be over the course of the next few races, and probably not until the back um, after Bahrain back to Spain, where we'll see um, some more serious diffuser changes on the rest of the cars. Yeah, we're still kind of finishing up this, uh, you know, flyaway race uh, trifecta of, uh, you know, Australia, Malaysia, China, and, you know, there is really not much time with all the travel and moving all the equipment around to, you know, get to work on some new development, stuff like that, and truthfully, uh, Bahrain is is not much closer, and it's just a week away, so... um, it's really going to be after Bahrain that we start to see some of these things trickle in. Yeah, there's two weeks uh, or a week off in between, and then it's to, uh, to Spain for uh, Catalonia, I believe, for the Spanish Grand Prix. And uh, I think that's when we'll see a lot of the t- changes come up, uh, come into play there. Right. Now, I, I, was happy. I was happy that the decision was made this way. I thought it was the right decision to make. However, there was some interesting bit of news that came out of this that I hadn't heard before. Apparently, Red Bull had thought of this double-decker diffuser idea and wanted to put it on their car and asked the FIA ahead of time, hey, is this legal? Is this fit in the rules? And the FIA said no to Red Bull. Yeah. And so Red Bull said, okay, we won't design it that way. Then uh, Braun GP, Toyota, and Williams just did it, and we all know the result now. So that that is an interesting uh, I, double standard. I guess the – Old uh, adage holds true. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. 
Yeah, it's definitely. I think that's the approach. There is just you know put uh, put it in place and like you say, beg for forgiveness rather than uh, ask ask beforehand. Because I wonder too if Red Bull um, would want to even like sue the FIA for sort of you know sending them down the wrong path. I mean, I don't know if they could do that or if they'd want to. I hope it doesn't really come to that. But if I were Red Bull, certainly I'd be frustrated having tried to do the right thing by asking the you know asking the guys and uh, they said no. So you know. The FIA has now cost them however much in this time by sort of That's giving them this information beforehand. However, ironically enough, I mean, the Red Bull car is quite good anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been strong all season. Yes. So. Okay. But there is, there's, there's more um, just, uh, I guess, aftershock from this whole McLaren scandal uh, that, uh, you know, caught out Lewis Hamilton in the opening round of, of the uh, 2009 season at the Australian Grand Prix. Yes. Um, Dave Ryan, who was was he technical He's director, sporting director, sporting director uh, at McLaren, has now left the company entirely. It is now it is no longer a suspension. He is he's left. He's, he's no longer man. McLaren uh, uh, employee. And uh, even more profound, I think, Ron Dennis has removed himself from all F one operations. He is completely separated from the F one part of McLaren. And I, I found that uh, uh, really provocative. I, shocking, I thought. But it, it, it was part of what – I mean, a, a lot of people have heard about this, you know, how Lewis's dad, Anthony, and Lewis were both very upset with what had happened. And apparently part of what helped calm Lewis down was that Ron Dennis was out. And I don't know much detail on this. If uh, some of our English uh, English fans – have gotten some more thorough reports from uh, you know the English journalists. Uh, we'd we'd love to hear more about that um, because th- to me that's really surprising. Yeah, well, um, Ron Dennis, is, you know, according to this article I'm from Grand Prix dot com, um, is going to head up the new sports car division. Or it's not new, but uh, sort of expanded sports car division of McLaren. You know, they're building. You know, they, they've done the SLR McLaren. I guess right, they're doing right. some other high end, real high end supercars. Right, and they want to do more of that. I read about that in the Financial Times, actually. Okay. So and, how about that? And I'll, I mean, as we as we've mentioned uh, on the show previously, uh, Ron Dennis did hand over the team the role of team principal to Martin Whitmarsh. Um, Good looking know, guy. The day, the, you know, <laughs> the day the launch of the new Formula One car, January sixteenth. Definitely um, a better looking guy than Ron Dennis. Good for the camera. <laughs> I don't know why that even. Okay, whatever. It, it's true. Um, then. Uh, you know, then, it's, but you know, we still saw Ron Dennis on the grid in, in Australia, yep. um, and now he's sort of saying, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm just, this is just me doing my thing. Um, he, you know, says it doesn't have much, it doesn't have anything to do, or doesn't specifically say that, but the implication there is it doesn't really have much to do with this, uh, with this whole lying scandal or any of that. But uh, I think the subtext is, is certainly there. Although, if you're Lewis Hamilton, do you feel better knowing that Ron Dennis is out? I mean, that wasn't the guy that well, gave him the bad information. You know, or anything. I, I truly didn't fully understand. The uh, reasoning behind it, I just heard that report and found it surprising and and reported it to you guys. I, I, I don't know what Hamilton's – I don't know why Hamilton's relationship would be strained. Yeah. Um, but I, apparently that was part what – maybe it was just um, – maybe that wasn't the cause, but it was, you know, correlated with uh, uh, the fact that Ron Dennis leaved and Hamilton did, you know – calm down a little bit because apparently there was a couple of days of real tension where Hamilton was thinking of leaving the McLaren team even though he didn't have another F1 ride to go to. Yeah, and it's hard to how to know how much of that was true and how much of that was just uh, you know in the media sort of being built up as as 
you know, some basis in truth, but uh, made a bit, make it a bigger deal than it really was. It's kind of hard to say because sometimes we get these reports, and then you get an interview with the guy who says, "No, that's that was totally not the case." That, that's absolutely true. Okay, absolutely so uh, on to qualifying for the Chinese Grand Prix. Uh, normally, the Chinese Grand Prix is a lot later in the year. It's usually like the third to the last round, and uh, it's been moved way up. The calendar's been shifted all around, and uh, so it's it's a lot earlier than the season. Um, and you know, we uh, under qualifying and all that, we had brilliant weather, and uh, you know. Just a couple of surprises, though. If you want, to- yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple of things leading into the qualifying that uh, were were fascinating. Ferrari decided not to use the Kerr system. Yes. In China, they said we don't think Kerr's is going to help us that much here, and we really want to be able to take the weight of the Kerr system out and be able to put ballast in the car instead. And fascinating enough, uh, Renault also made that same decision. Yeah. Both both teams were using Kerr's in the first two rounds. And neither team used them for uh, China. Yeah, and they said it sounds like sort of just an engineering decision and sort of this, you know, for the safety because there was concerns with all the electricity and electrical elements of cars in the water um, that, that were, you know, in play in Malaysia. Um, but also, like you say, just for the balance of the car. And, and they sort of looked at the cost benefit of um, – with the weight of the curve system and how it affects the balance of the car, um, it makes a really big deal in China. And there are a couple big straights on, you know, on in, in the Chinese circuit. Absolutely. Um, but I guess they determined that the the power boost just wasn't worth the penalty they had to pay for it. And uh, so there were actually only three cars: uh, uh, both McLarens, those Hamilton, Heike Kovalainen, and uh, Nick Heidfeld and his BMW were the only cars running curves in the whole field. So three out of twenty um, doesn't really show very well as far as the the rules surrounding it and the technical yeah. developments around yeah, you know this high-tech formula one you know it's, it's a little bit uh overshadowed by the fact that only three cars are using it and the other thing that was interesting and i th- will just jump right this segues beautifully uh alonzo was making a whole lot of noise about how he thought using the super soft tires in australia was really bad and he's really lamenting the fact that they're going to use super soft tires again as the option tire in china he thought, oh, the tires are de- uh, degrading real badly. It's going to make us look silly. This isn't a joke. This is serious. And you know, it went on and on and on. I really thought it was pathetic because Alonso, that's the point. It's part of the strategy now. If you have tires that fall off quickly, you have to manage that. That adds to the team strategy. That that adds another complication to, uh, to, to the racing, and I, that's important. Now, if the tire was unsafe, that's a whole other matter. But I don't – it's not unsafe. It's just – fast and then it gets slow. I mean, I think I think there's a difference. But that being said, Alonso went out and qualified second for the Chinese Grand Prix. Yeah. So what is that? I mean, I guess he wasn't saying that they weren't fast. He's just saying that they, they wear off really quickly. So over over one lap or over a couple, you know, a series three, four laps put together. But uh, yeah, Alonso really went super, super light. Um, his whole strategy was to get out, um, you know, get out in the front, uh, stay out front, and you know, I guess just he found a way to really manage this uh, the Renault car in this weekend. And uh, you know, who needs curves, I guess, when you can do right. that, that well with the car. Um, but I guess even more fascinating is Alonso split a team to get first and third, and that team was not Braun GP. No. Um, you know who wasn't up at the top of the grid though for qualifying was BMW. Uh, Robert Kubica <laughs> out out in Q1. Um, yeah, that's fairly horrible. Uh, yes, absolutely. And there's not it just didn't have the pace, and I don't quite know why. But uh, you know, just just they, you know, BMW just struggling here. Um, and also Massa ended up 13th. 
He yeah. Said he, he said he couldn't warm up his tires. He couldn't get everything put together quite right. Um, and then and then Timo Glock also, you know, the Toyotas had, had been fast early in the year. Um, qualified 15th. He had that five-spot, uh, you know, gearbox penalty. So he actually ended up starting from the pit lane. So those yeah. are sort of some of the some of the guys we'd expect to be up a little higher. But let's look at these guys' teammates. Uh, Kubitz's teammate, Nick Heidfeld, he qualified 11th. Uh, Massa's teammate, Kimi Raikkonen, qualified 8th. And Timo Glock's teammate, Jarno Trulli, qualified sixth. So, yeah, they could be having some issues, but just those members of the respective teams just weren't performing uh, to the limits of the car this time around. Fair enough. Okay, but we've, we've, we've made them wait long enough. Who was on pole, Jim? Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian in the, in, Vettel. Yes, in the Red Bull Racing Renault. In a stunning lap. Yes, and then, like you mentioned, Fernando Alonso just pat, just uh, just off of his pace, and then um, Mark Webber. His, yeah, Vettel's teammate Webber, right up there. Uh, you know, it was almost uh, almost a Red Bull front row. I mean, it was within hundreds. Um, and uh, yeah, Red Bull. You know, brilliant job uh, for those guys. And uh, and then for the first time this season, by just four hundredths. Uh, Rubens Barrichello qualified fourth, out-qualifying Jensen Button, who ended up in fifth. Yes, Jarno Trulli right behind him in the Toyota, Nico Rosberg, um, the higher of the Williams runners, um, and then Kimi Raikkonen from Ferrari and Lewis Hamilton <coughs> in ninth, and right behind him, Sebastian Buemi. Who, uh, did, who did a really respectable job. Yeah, did a great job in the, in the STR. I mean, a lot, a lot better than Sebastian Bourdais, his teammate, who's down in 16th. So, so uh, there you that, go. So, but with all that being said... Qualifying was over, and it was time for the race. For the second time in a row, rain swept across the track on Sunday. But unlike Malaysia, the Shanghai circuit was spattered with pre-race puddles, and every team's radar showed no sign of the wetness letting up all day. Due to the conditions, Vettel led the 20-car field into turn one behind the safety car, which stayed out for eight full laps. But once the safety car relinquished the position, Vettel took off and never looked back, winning the Chinese Grand Prix. In second came Vettel's determined teammate, Mark Webber, who was able to make Red Bull's maiden win a 1-2 finish. And while Jensen Button wasn't able to make it three in a row, he maintained his dignity and his championship lead finishing third. He was followed by teammate Rubens Barrichello in fourth, continuing a very impressive debut for Braun GP. Fifth place went to, believe it or not, Heki Kovalainen, who not only managed to finish, but did so ahead of teammate Lewis Hamilton, who followed behind in sixth. Timo Glock collected two more points for Toyota, with Sebastian Buemi nipping at his heels, collecting a point for Toro Rosa. Jim, Vettel is on fire, and no points for Ferrari. Yeah, How about uh, it. The Red Bulls really came to shine. Like you mentioned, uh, Weber did a great job. Uh, Vettel did a, did just a stand outstanding job. Um, there was some question as to um, you know would the you know would, would the Brown GPs would anyone be able to catch those cars? I mean, they were doing so well in the first two races, um, or uh, you know would their diffusers work as well in the uh, you, you know in the in the wet or, or you know even before they knew it was wet? You know would it, would, would everything work as well in Shanghai? Um, but throughout the weekend, even before the rain and all that, the Red Bulls just are, were really on it. And uh, absolutely, 
you know, just brilliant job to those guys. Uh, the bronze were still up there, uh, but not uh, not to the level that uh, that especially Vettel, but also Weber this weekend just did uh, just did an outstanding job. Absolutely. Now it's interesting to 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 point out that the uh, top three qualifiers and the qualified in the dry, like we said, Weddle, Alonso, and Weber were all suspected to be quite light on fuel. Yes, uh, Alonso especially. Alonso and, was <laughs> and. and uh, so the expectation was that the Braun GP cars could still, um, in terms of race strategy, come out on top on Sunday. But the rain completely changed, uh, completely changed the strategy around, especially after uh, they started the race for eight laps, which is quite a long time, eight laps out of 56, um, behind the pace car, which just burns a lot less fuel. I mean, you're burning less fuel... In the rain in the first place because you're just on the gas less. Yes. But you're burning a lot less fuel when you're behind a safety car. Yeah, although it still messes with your strategy because you don't have the opportunity to get in front of someone and start pulling away a lead and take advantage of the fact that you're light on fuel. That is true. Which is what really parked Fernando Alonso, um, where he was, you know, planning on okay, he's really light, he's on second spot, he's outside pole, maybe he can get a real good, you know, real good launch. The car's lighter, make make a pass and really, you know, get some time. uh, And these are things that Alonso is good at. Yeah, get a nice buffer over the Red Bulls over the rest of the field um, in time to pit and you know go through go through the race. But when he's behind the safety car, obviously. There's no passing. Absolutely. He's just burning up fuel. He ended up having to go take a pit stop, um, and when everyone's bunched up behind the safety car, um, just dropped him back, I think, dead last or near it. So, yeah, he was pretty um, much last. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, you burn a lot less fuel, but that still, you know, that affects different people different ways. Yeah, so. I, the, the safety car was out until lap eight, and Alonso had to pit lap seven. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't that he wanted. He had to pit. He was he was running out of gas. And this was after eight laps behind the safety car. So he wouldn't have had much more than, I don't know, four or five laps yeah. for dry green racing. Which would have been kind of wild to see him that late, uh, you know, to, to see him do well. And, Absolutely. And, um, and I guess that's, you know, sort of speaking to his argument with the tires. If that's all the tires are good for, then he wants to sort of maximize, uh, you know, Show that to its extreme, you know, to say, right. hey, it's only good for four or five laps. But, man, for this four or five laps, he could just be on it and light and, and really get some, some lead going. So that really screwed him up. I mean, yeah, he went from, from second place. Um, when he put it, he was dead last. Actually worked his way all the way back up to fifth at one point. Um, but after a second pit stop, um, you know, just shuffled back in the field and, and yep. wasn't able to uh, to capitalize. And uh, so that it really just the, the strategy did not fall into uh, Renault's hands today for Alonso at all. Yeah, he ended up finishing, I believe, ninth. Yeah, I think he finished ninth yes. in the race. Yes. So, uh, not a bad run for Alonso, but certainly not how they planned it. Yes. Um, uh, it has to be said that uh, Ferrari doing as badly as they've done is newsworthy. You know, it's you know, I want to talk about Vettel and Weber and you know Button and all the stuff they did, but Ferrari's done so poorly that I almost feel like that takes precedence. It's it's a, it's really amazing. I mean, for Massa, okay, qualified thirteenth. Yep. Um, and he, he just kind of shrugged it off. He just sort of he, said, that's, he wasn't yeah, that, like that's what it he has. wasn't that's, angry that he qualified thirteenth. Yeah, it he wasn't. Was like, it wasn't because they you know the strategy came wrong and the timing was confusing and, and he didn't get it. It's like no, he was just like well, that's what that's, oh, that's what I could that's do. What I could do couldn't really warm up the tires. 
you should find a way to warm up the tires, sir. Yeah, and you know, in the past, the Ferraris have been gentle on their tires, and they've been able to use that to their advantage, where they can run the softer tires for a lot longer than the other team. Yep, that was definitely um, one of their strong suits in the past. And you, I guess you know they should have the ability to to be soft on their tires and not overheat them. But at the same time, they, you know they should be able to put heat in the tires when they need to. And um, yeah. you know, yeah. So so okay, Massa. Um, <clears throat> where did he start? Thirteenth. Uh, yeah, started thirteenth. Um, actually worked his way up to third with the other pit stops and stuff. Right, because um, he had a lot of fuel on board. Yeah, he started. I mean, if you're starting so low, you might as well, right? Right. You know, um, started 13th, worked his way up, and after 20 laps, um, the thing just it, the, his transmission just wouldn't go into gear or tried to like two gears or something. You right. Know, just had and some just kind of electrical problem. Yeah. And he just had to pull over and stop. Right. And so that's. I mean, Ferrari used to be just this, you know, brilliant, reliable, unstoppable, and and they've just had. Just issues and uh, and continuous issues. So you know, Massa, yeah, twenty laps in and and he's done. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, uh, he did, did some reasonable racing. I mean, yeah, he was actually up in, in fourth spot at one point. Right. Um, you know, shuffled through the pits and all that. Had an amazing battle. Uh, was it was Mark Webber, right? Uh, with uh, was that with Raikkonen? No, that no, Lewis Hamilton with Hamilton. Okay, and um, he passed Ham. <coughs> excuse me, Hamilton passed Raikkonen. Yes, and then <coughs> excuse me. And then Hamilton went off the track, Raikkonen got back around yeah. him, and then Hamilton passed him again, right. and then he fell off again, and Raikkonen got back around him. I think Hamilton passed Raikkonen three times. Yeah, it was really, it was pretty wild, and it was sort of just different, you know, once the guy got in front, he'd push really hard to get a lead, and then he would, oftentimes he'd run off track, and then the other guy would pass him. It was some, some good battling to be but had there. But I have there. to say, as a Ferrari fan, and specifically as a Raikkonen fan, I was disappointed. He just seemed to kind of lackluster. Yeah, what today. we didn't. And I don't see, know how much of it was the car. Yeah, but I, I mean, what we didn't see in that was any like really brilliant passes by Hamilton or by, by Raikkonen or any real aggression. Yeah, like it was. You know, he would take advantage of, of Hamilton's mistake, but he didn't have any like these amazing like Raikkonen passes that right. would just really you know oh, no one else could have made that. That was an amazing thing. It was just kind of. Um, you know, we just saw him take advantage of mistakes, but other than that, not really get anything done. So all was, I can do is think of Raikkonen eating a chocolate bar, drinking a Coke. That's all I can <laughs> think of anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So at the end of the day, he ended t- in 10th, yeah. um, no points. Uh, so it's still, you know, Ferrari being pointless for the, for the whole season so far is and really dead big. last in the team standings. Yes. And, uh, and so I came across this article on Autosport about, um, Ferrari is, is seriously considering just writing off 2009 over the next couple of months. They say if this doesn't get better, um, they may do you know what Honda ended up doing last year, which led to uh, right. Bronze being so good this year. It's partly um, is just saying screw it. Uh, the 09 car is bad. Uh, we're going to start development on, 10, on the on the 2010 car and just kind of you know lick our wounds and, and and go for it. Right. And it's just amazing. They are the current you know constructor champion. Um, you know, these are not like oh, a slow fall from grace. Oh, wow, man, they're glory days. It's like last year, you know. Right, <laughs> and right. To, it's it's just really kind of amazing that uh, you know they, they they can't they say oh we can't rule that out. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, you know we, we make it the we get the diffuser going. Uh, maybe that'll help. We'll get you know we'll get some different things worked out. Uh, <coughs> but uh, yeah, that's um, it's pretty amazing to see Ferrari in that position sure. and to see them doing you know that the, the tenth place from Raikkonen is the best they can muster. Right. Um, for Ferrari, so. I mean that's just it's wild. Uh, yeah, I, so I really hope they can turn around. The idea of not developing the car anymore, I, I hope, I hope they're bluffing. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um. One last note on Ferrari before we move on. Um, 
so they ran without with no curves this weekend, um, as, as you mentioned, for potentially safety and reliability and potentially just that sort of engineering, the trade-off between the performance and all that and balance. Um, Massa says he, he wants Kurz back for Bahrain. Uh, just liked it better um, having, you know, he said he, he says Kurz would have made a big difference. He said it would have been great. Um, he said it would have been half a second in qualifying. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. It's kind of hard to hard to refute. He probably knows more than we do, but at well, the same sure. time, I these mean, guys are optimistic sometimes. That being said, you know, one of the three car, I mean, you know, the one team that ran it, uh, consistently, it was Lewis, Lewis Hampton, Heike Kovalainen, and McLaren. They, as a team, had Kurz along with Nick Heidfeld. And I, I think Lewis Hamilton probably made some of his passes on Raikkonen because of Kurz. I think that's... Could have done. Although, in the, in the wet, um, it seems like he only sort of on the, on the front straight could you really put that power down effectively. It seems like on most of the rest of the track, um, if you had even been able to be up to speed to use Kurz, it would have been a lot more wheel speed than forward thrust. But I think down that front straight... Somewhat, for helpful. sure. But I mean, certainly, certainly um, you know, I think Hamilton was able to, able to get right up on Raikkonen's bumper leading into the corners and now break him because he had the Kurz to catch him so easily uh, on the straights. So... Uh, who knows? Uh, Hamilton, just in general, looked quicker in the rain yes. as well. But, yes. uh, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I've got a speechless. Yeah, the, I mean, this, this, the Ferrari, just the, this, the suddenness of their fall from grace. And uh, they've, they've, you know, going to Bahrain, I think Kimi has historically poor luck in Bahrain. But uh, I'm not – just that's my recollection, although I don't have any stats in front of me to, to back that up. But, um, you know, if they can get the Kurs back on the car and, you know, that they should have a good chance there over some of the non-Kurs teams, um, we'll just sort of have to see how that how that pans out, I guess, with, uh, you know, with just if they can come back and start scoring some points again. But um, that's, you know, that yeah, that's about a Ferrari, I guess. I mean, there's just we'll see what happens with those guys. But uh, so BMW, though... Um, there's a couple of strange things that come out of there. Um, Kubica has sort of had like a, just a press release, I guess, urging the BMW team to improve. And I don't quite know how that works. I mean, yeah, I, like, I don't know how do you if you if if I worked at Ford, could I just put out a press release and say, hey, I think Ford should do better? And like, like what does that really what does that mean? You know, it seems like if he's got something to say to his bosses, it doesn't have ways to go to his bosses without going to the press. I mean, that seems like a weird kind of way to do it. But um, he basically has said like. You know, we're really struggling. We're really behind. Um, you know, he he actually tried uh, Kurs on Friday practice, um, and uh, you know, and and liked it. Um, but they say, you know, that the the BMW is so sensitive, uh, just the car and the way the weight just, is distributed, um, that if that's thrown off even just a little bit, that it right. is by Kurs, that it's you know, the whole well, and he's is, the bigger guy is crap, in the team, yeah. so he has less he has less to work with in ballast in the first place. So the amount of ballast he has, he's real sensitive to. Yes. So, so. you know, he's just – Kubica is clearly sort of unhappy right now with uh, the way things are developing, the, the fact that the car is so, you know, so temperamental or, in, you know, in the way of, of uh, you know, we have to have the balance just so and he can't run curves and, uh, you know, it's it's – they don't have diffusers and I, I don't know if they're working on that or, you know, Mario Tyson said they're a ways off from, uh, from having that, you know, another three, four races it could be until they, they get the, you know – Diffusers on the car, and uh, Kubica is just not pleased uh, with that. Um, Nick Heidfeld is also saying um, he's kind of not not written off these next few races, but uh, or the next race. But he's saying you know there's a new aerodynamic package that's going to be on the cars in Spain. Like we mentioned, they're back in Europe and they put all the new updates on right. there. And uh, he's sort of pinning his hopes on that for the time being and just saying like, oh, this, yeah, we suck right now. Our cars are slow right now, but 
come come Spain, we'll have our aerodynamic upgrade, and that'll be all be great. So we're going to see if that pans out. But uh, things are really seem like pretty pretty tough these days at uh, at BMW. Absolutely. So back to the front. Yes. Sebastian Vettel. Yes. Red Bull. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean they they had you know they had a, a you know uh, Christian Horner said they had a, an aggressive strategy uh, to put you know Vettel and and Mark Webber uh, first and third. They were you know hoping for a, a one two, but uh, you know obviously you, you get what you get, and that's a really solid start. Um, they didn't realize that Alonso was going to be even more aggressive. Yeah, that he was going to be super super light. Um, but yeah, I mean Vettel was just brilliant all weekend. I mean just setting really solid times and uh, just just I mean they they got there, and this is not. You know, a lot of times in the rain, you get you get weird results because, um, but but it was crashes or somebody got lucky with tire strategy and all that. Tire strategy did not really play into the race today. No, uh, there was no. only one car that went to intermediates. Nico Rosberg, and uh, that didn't really go well. It was still just wet enough that full wets made the most sense. So uh, Vettel was, you know, just he was first, and even though he was shuffled down through pit strategy, um, never really lost the lead. No, no. Um, no there, really was, there was one point where there was a little bit of uncertainty whether Justin Button needed to pit again, but we were pretty sure that he did, and he did end up pitting again for the second round of pits, and Vettel took the lead, no problem. And, I mean, uh, this is something that you and I have been talking about, and I want to give us, I want to pat ourselves on the back a little bit here. Okay. We've been arguing from the beginning that Vettel is going to be fast, but that Weber was not going to going to look slow. Yeah, Weber he's going to keep him on. He's not left in the dust. And, and I, I mean, Weber Weber was quick today. Yeah, I mean, when you look at fastest laps, you know, Weber was right there. Yeah, he was fourth fastest lap. Uh, Sebastian Vettel was second behind of all people. Rubens Barrichello yes. having the fastest lap, and the Timo Glock actually in third third fastest lap. Um, and it's a little bit screwball in, in a wet race. Um, being out in front is a huge advantage, just in visibility. You don't Absolutely. have the spray of another car, um, you know, to, to deal with. Um, you, you can be, you, you don't have to sort of get out of the uh, the spray to find water or to, you know, just to. It's just a huge advantage to being first. So Weber may have been able to do better um, had he started first, but he didn't. You know, Vettel right. was faster, and and that just goes. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Vettel also, you know, all qualified. You know, and again, yeah. you know, but Weber in qualifying was close. You know. It was a, a 36-4 versus a 36-1. 36-1-8 versus the 36-4-7. So, you know, they were they were not far off from each other. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's a strong team. And uh, it's pretty impressive. But also, again, I mean, Button and Braun GP, they're not getting lucky here. I mean, this is a good car. And Button is proving proving to everyone that... I am the same driver that was really highly sought after back in 2000 when he joined Williams and then ended up in Honda, you know, when he got to Honda in the first place for some huge amount of money. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> he was really highly sought after at the time, and he's showing that he still still, still has it, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. So. And it was funny for, for Weber, uh, or not funny, but a bit bittersweet, I mean, because Red Bull Renault is um, – Sort of is you know you can trace its lineage to the Jaguar team um, and all that which which Weber no 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 trace its lineage back to the beginning if you're going to do it okay to Cosworth or Jackie Stewart Jackie Stewart's Grand Prix team okay but and you know Weber was really heavily involved um, in the Jaguar days yes and uh, and you know he drove for them and all that and to have their first win um, and to be you know Weber was right there I mean he was you know ended up ended up second to be a one two that's brilliant but 
um, you know, to have it be this this punk kid Vettel to actually be the guy that to, to give sure. the first victory. You know, he, you could sense he was he was excited to be there and you know to have to have that team that's um, he's been you know affiliated with for so long um, to have them finally get success in the form of a win um, was brilliant. But for it to not be him uh, was certainly bittersweet. So well, uh, and you know, he says, well, I hope to you know be at the top step of the podium this year, and I think this is a reasonable year for him to try that, and I, I think he could do it. Yeah, I, I I don't think that that's impossible, you know. So I I wish him the best. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good driver, and he's had a lot of bad luck, but he keeps pushing. And I mean, now that he's made out of metal, nothing can stop him. Yeah, really. Bionic, so exactly. Yeah. So you know, I I do think he could win this year. Um, there's a lot of people that said we're looking for our first win this year in Toyota. Had been looking really strong and oh, and God. doing some good results, but Yarno just had the worst race. Oh uh, well. Yeah, I mean, having well, being he was ridiculously humped, crashed humped, into, he was raped by Kubica. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that wasn't even fair. That, that that wasn't really his. Well, it, it may have been his fault if he backed off too early. But yeah, um, you know, started to, re- to quickly explain that. Yarner uh, uh, truly was just having a heck of a time. The wet, he was he was not doing well. He started re- sixth and was just really slipping back. And uh, he was he was coming up on a braking zone. I, I'm not exactly sure where on the track. And Kubica just. Ran in the back of him really hard, and Kubitz's BMW Sauber actually drove up the back of um, of uh, Yarno Trulli's, and it just looked like it tore off the rear wing. It yeah. tore off the uh, like that sort of the shark fin. It um, just looked like a bull mounting another female <laughs> bull. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it looked like. It looked like a BMW mounting a Toyota. Okay. I'm just all right. All we'll right. move on. I'm just saying. But anyway, so that that wasn't really his fault. He had to retire the car after that because they're not going to be able to rebuild the back half of a car and get out and do anything useful in that kind of a race. So he, he looked like he had a saddle walk after <laughs> getting out of the car. Is that just coincidence? Wow. <laughs> okay. So so Yarno truly was struggling anyway, and then uh, you know was crashed into, um, and uh, Timo Glock, you know, starting from the pit lane, um, you know, did well to get up to seventh, um, and you know actually score two points. So that's. Yeah, and he had that third fastest lap, which was kind yeah, of so quick he, on so his he, part. So he did a good job, but it, I guess, and I guess these the last two races have been pretty non-standard. I mean, I guess we'll be able to see sort of their standard dry pace again in Bahrain, but it seems less likely now that Toyota is uh, is going to have that win. Now that the other teams are going to start to have diffusers, yep. and like that, that yep. the competition is going to start to stiffen. And it's and truthfully, it's been pretty strong from the beginning. Yeah, with Braun especially, and then now Red Bull really coming to the fore. Um, so that's. You know, I'm, I'm as, as a sort of a longtime Toyota fan for Formula One. That's uh, yeah, a little bit sad, but uh, hey, maybe they can still make it work, and uh, they won't end up quitting Formula One um, just because they don't have a win this season. Well, speaking of bad luck, yes, Nico Rosberg. Oh boy, you know this guy. Every single race weekend thus far has been fast in Friday afternoon practice, showed promise in qualifying, and then just the race goes nutty for him. You know, he, he had, I mean, he was well out of the points in Malaysia. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like 15th or 16th. Yeah. He uh, finished, where is it? Doot, doot, doot. Uh, 15th today. But, I mean, look, at th- this has happened every weekend. I, I wrote it all down so I could look it out. Let's see. Uh, Friday afternoon practice, he was second fastest. 
He was fastest in the Saturday morning warm-up. But then when he qualifies, he qualifies seventh, and he finishes the race 15th. Which is really, This has happened every race weekend this yeah, year. Yeah, he was really light, too. I mean, he ended up pitting um, before Alonso. And, yeah. And I don't know if, if maybe he actually had some kind of contact and had to change tires for that, or if it was you know actually because he was so, so low on fuel. Um, but yeah, Rosberg know, pitted had, lap six. Had a, star, a solid start, um, and then was just the way back of the pack, and... He he did make good progress up through the pack. I mean, as other cars, um, you know, pitted and and you know had crashed off and had some other issues. Um, you know, he made his way up the pack, but then but just not enough to really count. And like you say, he ended up as the second to the last of the actual running cars. Right. I think he was as high as tenth place, um, and that's as good as he could ever do. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, and then, well, partly that could have been, you know, they, they put him on the intermediate tires, and the track was really too wet for that. Um, you know, they, they thought there was sort of a dry line forming, um, but anywhere, if you weren't in the exact two tire grooves of the dry line, it was yeah, still right. super and wet. And then it did start raining again, too, yeah. on top of that. So. so that may not be all down to Rosberg, but like you say, this is this is a sort of a typical Rosberg performance. This trend is, 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 it's happened every race thus far, and it's... You know, Rosberg was saying this is his year to either shine or, uh, you know, just be kind of a permanent midfielder. And, dude, you gotta you gotta deliver the whole weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and you know when uh, Nakajima's outperforming you, dude, that's not that's not good. Yeah. So. Uh, so- I guess okay. As far as the, also the teammates, uh, the situation there, you mentioned it briefly, but uh, Heike Kovalainen. Actually, uh, you know, outperformed Hamilton. Well, arguably, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, ended fifth, where to uh, to Hamilton sixth. Right, um, and it was because Hamilton fell off the track. Yeah, he made several mistakes. I had a couple of spins yeah. and off and ons. I mean, a lot of drivers did too. I but Kovalainen really actually did quite well today. Kovalainen only completed a lap, so he already did better <laughs> than uh, than he's done, than he's so, done far. so far this year. But yeah, he he held his own. I mean, this was the type of performance we were expecting from Kovalainen when he first came to McLaren. Yeah, we 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 thought a lot of Kovalainen back then. We thought he was really getting into his into his group uh you know his his rookie year when he was at Renault um by the end of the season he was outperforming Fisichella and he looked pretty strong yeah looked real good and um so yeah he's had a completely lackluster career at McLaren thus far so this was this was a necessary drive for him and uh, he he did he did well um Hamilton was faster but Hamilton probably made a good five or six mistakes yeah so, and and I mean, I, I, whether it's his being him being finished or whatever it is, I mean, it, you know, Hikiko Valainen showed that uh, I guess if he doesn't crash the car, he can do a really good job of controlling it for the remainder of the race. So, right. you know, well done, uh, well done on that. I guess we, you know, we got to give him his, his his props there. He he earned it today. Yes. And uh, hopefully that, you know, keeps him his job for a while, and he keeps to you know keeps continuing to do well. I mean, we don't really see him have a job if he's not not delivering on it, and uh, you know. So good job, good job, Kovalainen for that. Um, Absolutely. And there's one person that uh, could look up to Kovalainen and maybe learn a couple of things. <laughs> I wonder if you can guess who I'm thinking of. Fisichella? Nelson Piquet. Oh, PK. oh boy. Nelson Piquet finished the race 16th, two laps down. He um, he had a pretty um, pretty wild, a high speed off, um, and I'm not sure where it was on the track, but yeah. uh, into one of the into one of the billboards. Um, it was able to get the one car of the back breaking, going. One of the braking yeah. uh, uh, zone yeah. boards. Yeah. Um, was able to get the car back around and uh, put it, the new nose on it and get back out, but uh, was just dead last <laughs> for about half the race. He was actually the uh, the last runner. Um, Where would you think uh, Nelson qualified? 
Um, yeah, 17th. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to Alonzo being... Second. Yeah, that's a bit of a disparity there. A little bit. I, I mean, okay, how long is this going to last? How? So the real question is, how far does your name get you in sport before people finally say, we've had enough, you just don't quite got it? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Nelson's a stunningly good driver. I'm sure that if I was in a go-kart and Nelson was in a go-kart, he'd he'd wipe the floor with me. Yeah. And they'd go, wow, Robin, you just got your trousers pulled off by Nelson Piquet. But he's just not quite good enough. He's not quite as good as he was as his dad. And and he's he's just not quite Formula One level driver. Yeah. He's just not. I, 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 if he's if he's going to make some headway and really compete in this sport, he's got to turn it around fast. I yeah, mean, this and, is well, getting old. It, it's I mean it's it's I think that time for that is pretty much come and gone. I mean to see what Fernando Alonso can do with the same car and. That's you know that obviously those are big shoes to fill, but at the same time, I mean we've got you know Vettel they were big and, shoes to fill for Lewis Hamilton in 07. Yeah, exactly. I mean there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of young drivers with that have really stepped up and, and done some amazing things, and and PK is just not one of them. Yeah, he's just not. So PK, I'm sure you're a fantastic driver. Nothing against you, um, and uh, I think your father was great. Uh, but you know, go race GT cars. Or yes. Something. Yeah, go hang out with uh, Ralph Schumacher and the boys. And oh yeah, get some uh, British touring or uh, German touring cars, something like that. Maybe, uh, maybe you join uh, Juan Pablo in NASCAR. Yeah, come see, over to the states, see, man. See how Sprint Cup treats you. you Although I think you'd get owned even worse there. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth be told, fair enough. Um, so okay, the uh, disappointment of the weekend. Um, <clears throat> I get we always end up feeling sorry for this guy. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know today's honorary Marcus Winkelhock Award is uh, <laughs> Adrian Sutil. In, oh, Adrian in, in the Force India man, um, the guy everyone loves to hate. Yeah, no, but we like him. That's a terrible statement. The guy everyone likes to like. Yes. We okay. <laughs> uh, so we started 18th, right? Okay. The yeah. uh, you know just just, uh, just uh, did he start from the pit lane? I don't think so. I don't know. It was uh, Glock and someone else. I don't know. Yeah. Started started, started down there. Down near the down near the the 19th of the according race. to my little sheet. Here. Yeah. Okay. I think I think towards he the bottom, the and he uh, once again had a brilliant drive in the rain. Yeah, and and worked his way up to actually what sixth spot? I mean, he was uh, yep. you know just sixth spot way up there, um, and. Uh, you know, just working the strategy, making passes. I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of him on, on track because we were watching some of the, the, you know, the, all the show was showing all the, all the front runners and the passing there. But um, then just got it wrong. Uh, just, you know, did a real high speed off into the tire barrier. Actually, you know, the, the Force India has got this really pointy front nose, which actually stuck in between two of the tires, yeah. uh, two of the tires and the barrier. And, he uh, was fine. Tore the front wheels off the car. I mean, it was a, a real yeah. big, real Massive big impact. Sh- yeah, he was fine. He was absolutely fine. And actually, out of the car and ran away, ran out. Quick yeah. note. I mean, that that was an excellent example of where the Hans device proves its worth because. That kind of shunt. It was a pretty hard hit right in the front of the nose. Yeah. And that probably would have at least bruised his neck if there was no Hans device. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, they may have, may have had to stretcher him out or whatever. Quick little shout-out to the Hans device folks there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, he, he was fine. But, man, what a disappointment. I mean, that uh, <clears throat> that was helpful for – I mean, it moved up Hamilton and everyone behind him a spot. But uh, that would have been great to see Force India uh, get some points and, uh, you know, do – just show – you know, get, get some – Reward for all the hard work that uh, he put in today, 
and uh, in his drive. I mean, that's uh, at that same time he was on his own when this happened. Yeah, I mean, he just got it wrong once, and and we saw a lot of offs from a lot of really good drivers. Um, but uh, and and you know, this just it all kind of went wrong for him on this one. And if he had if he had scored points today. Um, Ferrari would be the only team with no points in 2009, <laughs> which would really be something to see everyone that else would there. Be something. Um, but uh, yeah, that's you know, and I think actually based on finishing positions, Ferrari is still behind Force India. Yep. Um, because of number of cars finishing races and actual finishing positions, so yep. um, it's it's still kind of uh, not to not to harp on that, I guess. But uh, so yeah, disappoint- oh, it's it's worth harping. Okay, so disappointing, you know, really disappointing grade for uh, for Adrian Sutil, and uh, that's. Uh, you know, that's the story there, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, that about does it for the race, but it's time to hear what you guys have to think about things. Alrighty, we got an email from uh, Nick K. He's uh, commented on the blog uh, several times. I think it's the same Nick K. Um, from Manchester, England. What up, um, Nick? From Manchester. Yes, and uh, you know he sent this. He sent this. It got to us at six o'clock in the morning, and he says, "I hope this gets to you before you record the podcast." Now I know we're dedicated F one F one fans, but uh, it was a long time after six a.m. when we actually got around to recording the podcast. You but, know us, lazy Americans. Yes. we're just in bed. <laughs> Furthering a stereotype, man. Come on. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, just basically, um, you know, as he says, bloody brilliant drive from Vettel. Um, that uh, absolutely. Just you know, with Vettel, Lewis, and Alonso, you know, just the future looks bright uh, for for these guys. And um, you know, Lewis has finished in the points in the first three race, first three races, even though you know he was take their points were taken away uh, from Australia. Um, you know, in in the car that's that's hard to drive, and you know, just. Um, with all with all the crap that Lewis has had to put up with um, on and off the track, some of it his fault, some of it not. Um, you know, he's showing why he's a world champion. That uh, Lewis is still putting in really solid performances, Absolutely. and uh, you know, just you know, doing well. Um, he says he's gutted for Sutil. Uh, great drive, then to let go like that. And uh, as you just heard, you know, we're we're with you on that. And uh, you know, credit to Buemi and uh, Kovalainen, both had great drives. And for as for Ferrari, who knows what's wrong with them? Right, and I, I think the answer is more than one thing. There's a lot of things going on. I think for one, Raikkonen has had one too many ice creams and cokes. Um, <laughs> for another, uh, Massa's passion seems to be gone somewhere, still in Brazil, and uh, Lord knows what else is going on. And Michael Schumacher wasn't there to you know tell them to have dries on for this race or whatever was going to happen. So uh, the Ferrari needs to get its uh, house in order. And, I mean, frankly, if I were uh, running Ferrari, I would put uh, Jean Todd back in charge of the team. I, I, I think there's a pretty clear link between order and chaos, and you can connect that to Jean Todd and no Jean Todd. I mean, it's, it, you know, as... You know, the first race that Jean, the first season that John Todd wasn't there, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, and it's just been getting worse and worse progressively. And I think he needs to just get in there and clean house. So, huh. it's an interesting. I uh, hadn't hadn't thought about the, the John Todd angle on that really. But uh, um, to the Facebook page, yes. uh, first of all, we got almost 250 fans. Fantastic! We absolutely love it. We love the comments and the active feedback, the community that's building up. Really, truly appreciate that. And uh, Justin Levi, our very own uh, 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 race car driver, uh, is with us to uh, – he finally you know, got back in touch with uh, everyone at the Facebook and, and talked a little bit about his race um, and, at the Australian GP. Uh, didn't have the best of luck in the final race, but it sounds like he had a good run and a good time. 
Justin, if you get a chance, we'd still love to see some photos. And yeah, he posted um, three photos with uh, with his story yeah. with the car and all yes. that. And uh, yeah, it looks looks very cool. So yeah, if you can post uh, any of the other ones to to the page and all that, um, it's great to have sort of like uh, you know our guy on the ground in Australia you know, in the race absolutely. and everything. That's 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 really sweet. Um, I mean, and also uh, just a, to quick mention, um, I made a little shortcut for the website. So to get to the Facebook page, if you want to just go to facebook.f1show.com, it'll take you right there. But uh, if you if you're not a part of that, um, you really should be. It's just a lot of cool uh, dialogue and stuff going on. We post uh, links to articles and stuff in there yep, every once absolutely. in a while, and uh, you know it's just a great way to uh, see who else is listening to the show. You know, and it's great for us to to get the feedback from you guys. Plus, and if you don't have a Facebook profile. You can create one, and all the people that you loved and missed from high school will come find you. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, really, it's, really, it's, it's really wonderful. It's really something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, honestly, Justin, keep us in touch for throughout the whole season. We'd love to hear how you're doing. And um, you know, we love racing, so we, we want to hear about it. And I uh, also want to thank um, uh, James Payne and uh, uh, Sean, Wilkinson. Sean Wilkinson and Ken Regal for uh, discussing the diffuser business with us. Uh, we appreciate that as always, and um, uh, also Matt, Matt Burley popped in and asked a question, and uh, you know, just why are the BMW so slow? Uh, car looks quite stable, is just lack of downforce and grip. Yeah, I, you know, that, it, that's a good question because they were quick in Australia, so they it could just be that that car doesn't like the wet, or maybe the race engineers don't know how to tune to the wet very well. I don't know. Yeah, or like we sort of mentioned, the the balance of that car is so finicky. Um, with with the way they can do ballast that they can't run curves and all that, um, we don't really know why that is. But it seems like more of a mechanical than an aerodynamic kind of situation, um, which would really be in effect, especially you know out in the rain and all that. Um, so, you know, I, I guess we couldn't say why that why that is the case. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, but, it's but one thing to keep in mind, Matt, is that uh, you know Kubica was was darn close to. Uh, Winning the Australian GP this year, yeah, uh, we don't think he would have, but uh, you know he was he was much faster than Vettel in second before they had their skirmish, and he had a couple laps to chase Jensen, and the, the car was very quick opening round. So, um, also Nick Heidfeld finished second last race uh, in, in Malaysia. So there was a little bit of luck in terms of when the race stopped and stuff like that. But I mean, the cars are inconsistent, but they're not altogether slow. Uh, the Ferraris are altogether slow. So yeah, it's 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 a bit a little bit different situation. The BMWs may not be as slow as they seem just from this one. Yeah, they've just race. had some bad luck coming together, and I hopefully that bad blood doesn't form between Kubica and the team. I'd really hate to see. Yeah, that. that's always a, a a bad situation. I mean, we saw that with Alonso and McLaren uh, a couple years ago, and it's right. just it's just. It's just weird. I mean, they have this sort of battle in the media. They're releasing press releases and saying things to the team. They're coming out with these, and it's like no good comes of that. You know, that's just so. I hope it doesn't get to that uh, to that way. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, thanks again for everyone uh, keeping the communication going. Yes. Oh, also, um, I don't know if we mentioned this. Uh, all the brilliant we got responses we got on the uh, the plonkers question. I'm oh not, yeah! Oh my we, god! Yeah, thank you so much. We I never got. We never. What was that? What was that? Uh, oh shoot! What was that sitcom called? The Horse and Me. Um, only fools and horses. Only fools and horses. Yeah, so, I ended up okay. watching all those YouTube leaks. Yeah, thank you very much. So, okay, for that, sending that was Mark, um, and thank you so much for uh, for sending that across. Oh um, yeah, no, we are some educated individuals yeah. now about the the sort of the lineage of. I know exactly and, what a plonker is, and I've actually I've actually told a couple people that they were plonkers now that I know what it is. I can see now that, <laughs> oh, you are a plonker. And you know just what you're saying. Yeah. You, 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 the Brits had just have the best best words for a thing sometimes. Some, I, I yeah, really I mean, love it. 
That's uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, also, uh, we got an email from Emily Hansen just after the last show. She answered our question about the plonker being a friendly term for a fool, someone who made a bit of a silly turn. Uh, you're down in the pub and you knock over a full pint, and it's man, you're a plonker. Yes, so, yes, and we've known a couple plonkers in our days. Now that I know the term, so honestly, thank you very so much. So she's helped us wonderful. with that. Um, she agrees with us on the Vettel incident that that really wasn't his fault, and he shouldn't have been penalized for that. Uh, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I think most everyone agrees. I mean, even even Ecclestone agreed with us. I yeah. mean, if Ecclestone agrees with us, you know um, that we're right. Yeah, um, and I guess. Uh, she's also in agreement as far as the late start times that that seems like a bit of a you know too much of a sacrifice when everyone watches it on a DVR whether it's TiVo or Sky Plus or whatever. Right. Um, having the, the better air TV airtime. I mean, I guess the advertisers like that, but it's not that huge of a difference for the fans. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, also she she laughs at the uh, the, the image of uh, Kimi Raikkonen uh, and the, you know the flip flops, <laughs> ice cream and a coke man with his flip flops in the in the paddock. It's just uh, that's an image I guess we won't soon forget. Yes. Um, no, I'll, I'll make sure of it. And uh, she also got the trivia question uh, about. Uh, uh, you know Eddie Irvine. She misses uh, Irvy Irv and his uh, movie performances. So thanks again for that email. Send an email to uh, feedback at f1show.com, please, uh, and uh, or you can go to f1show.com and just reply to any of the the blog postings for the different podcasts there. Um, or like we mentioned, join the Facebook page because all those are great ways to get in touch with us. And it's like a high school reunion all the time. <laughs> Man, you must have get some uh, some high school people been finding you on Facebook lately, huh? Oh, you know how it is. I know how it is. Okay. Um, and that moves us on to trivia. Yeah. Trivia. Tri- tri- trivia. Tri- tri- trivia. <laughs> okay, so last week we were asking about uh, the very first Formula One race at the Sepang Circuit in Malaysia, which was won by Eddie Irvine in a Ferrari in 1999. And the question was, when did Eddie Irvine make his Hollywood debut, and what in the world was he thinking? Yes. And the answer is... Eddie Irvine was in The Prince and Me in 2004, and no one knows what he was thinking. Uh, he was not acting. He came on as himself, and uh, that's, the, that's his life now. Way to go. Uh, we had a couple of correct responses on that. If you got it correct, uh, congratulations. You guys win a Coke, and uh, go ahead and pick that up at any convenience store when you get a chance. And um, <laughs> we'll move on to the new question. Yes. Okay, so today Sebastian Vettel won the race at the tender age of 21. Now, had this been his first race win, he would have become the youngest race winner in Formula One history. However, he didn't because he had already won a race last fall and became the youngest race winner then. Yes. And he just recently turned 21 years old. So Kids these days. Kids these days. The question is, before Sebastian Vettel... Fernando Alonso was the youngest uh, youngest person to win a Formula One race. Who was the youngest person to win a race before Fernando Alonso? How old was he when he did it, and where did he do it? And I've already given you a big hint. It is a he. Ooh. Yes. He, yeah, so it's not Danica Patrick. So, youngest <laughs> driver to win a race in Formula One history before Fernando Alonso. How old was he when he did it, and where did he do it? It's like a three-parter. It's a it's a it's a three-parter. Okay. So very 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 interesting question this one. Indeed. Which brings us now to our predictions. Oh, 
Okay, it is time to bite the bullet and uh, talk about our predictions from last week for this race. Now, uh, both of us this time had Jensen Button on pole. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, wrong. Uh, <clears throat> however, Jim, you broke the mold. You said this was going to be Yarno Truly's breakthrough and he was going to win the race. How did that turn out? Well, no, I didn't say it was breakthrough. I said he would be broken. The car would be. Oh, would be it was oh, like a breaking. He was going to break through the car. of the car. Well, that was and very the rear wing was going to fly. Then, then who did you predict to win? Then I, I, I completely misunderstood. Um, that that would have been Yarno Truly. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah. So, ah. um, I wasn't that far off. Um, he actually <laughs> finished. Um, that would be twentieth. He did. Um, he did. He did not finish by actually. completing eighteen laps he out did. of fifty-six. Yeah, he did. He did. So not quite a victory. That was probably the worst uh, as far as <laughs> uh, between prediction of victory and uh, and defeat. Uh, that's 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 got to be worth something. Pretty that's widespread. Worth half a coke Pretty right widespread. There. Yeah. Uh, I, on the other hand, predicted Jensen Button to win the race. Jensen Button was third. Yeah. What an idiot. Yeah. I was. Closer than you, you owe me a Coke. Another I'm, one. I'm going to get a six pack oh, at man. this rate because I don't. I have not yet any people out there have not yet received a Coke. You know, it's true. Yes. So, okay. But I guess that leads to the more important. We have to look forward to the future, not the past, which is behind us. We got to look ahead of us. Ahead of us. One week's time. Now, the Bahrain Grand forward. Prix. What do you, th- you think uh, Red Bull and the boys, Vettel and Weber, be, be on top again, or do you think Braun's coming back? I mean, that is a tempting, tempting way to go here, um, but... Or you think Kimi Räikkönen will get his act together? And... No. <laughs> <Do not>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm actually uh, going to go out on a limb here. Okay. I'm going to say Jensen Button on pole. Well, that's not a limb. No. Come on. But... But the Rubens Vericalo takes it in the race. Lewis Hamilton to win. Oh, that's what I'm going with because See, I'm usually the out on a limb guy. I I, I know, and, but and here you are. It's, it's well. It's, here's the thing. I was pretty close with that truly thing. Jensen Button seems to have qualifying down really well, really really well, and he's got a strong car. But Hamilton's been so good in these races, and if they can just improve the car incrementally and not get fined and penalized over and over again, I think he could. I think he could. Pull it off, and, and it's Hamilton. So, it's Hamilton. That's true. There is that the Hamiltonosity, the Hamilton factor, the uh, HF, as yeah. I like to call it. Okay, um, I not because you're the out on the limb guy. I'm going to be the like safely back on the tree guy. Okay, and I I think I think Braun GP has has at least one more one more victory in him, and uh, I I think I think Jensen winning from pole is. Uh, Totally in the cards. Wow, nice. Yeah, man. I gotta, you know, I gotta after this Yarno thing, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go some of the safer bet because, wow. There it is. So if you guys have any predictions, uh, you know, let us know. Facebook page, emails, whatever you'd like. Um, you know, let us know what you think. And uh, if you're right, we'll we'll give you credit for it. And if you're wrong, we'll make fun of you. So um, one thing uh, that I want to bring up before we get going is. Uh, we asked you on the Facebook page to uh, hook us up with some reviews on iTunes because we hi- kind of had some mixed reviews, mostly because the reviews were a couple years old when we first got started. Um, but it was actually um, – we got one review that was pretty negative that was saying that we're wrong all the time. Yeah. And uh, 
we dispute that. I don't think we're wrong all the time. Yeah, we Most have our moments the with the predictions and all that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But that's Most prediction. Yeah, I think if you look back, our predictions are pretty much spot on. But anyway, uh, it, it got me thinking a little bit about, well, that's one way we could improve the show. And Jim and I probably are wrong from time to time. We're but just two people. You know, there's a lot of information out there, a lot of specs and numbers we throw around. But we're never wrong on purpose. We never deliberately say... We're going to tell you one thing when it's really another. So what we need from you guys is to be our fact checkers. What we want to implement is a Wikipedia style of fact checking here. So if we say anything that's just the slightest bit suspicious to you uh, in terms of factual numbers, figures, whatever, um, you know, if we say Nelson Piquet has brown eyes and he has blue eyes or whatever. He's got brown eyes, by the way. Okay, brown eyes. Uh, let us know. Tell us. And yeah, you I just made that up. That's a good example. We should. There you go. Like you probably have that fact check. <laughs> exactly. uh, let us. If, if if we're wrong, let us know, and then we will go and look into it. And if we're and if we're incorrect, we will uh, let you know, and we'll correct ourselves because we want to be as good as we can be for the show, and we want to be factual, and it'll also help us learn. I mean, we don't know everything, and. We want to learn and you know, know as much about the sport as possible. So uh, it's very important, and I think as a community, there's enough of us now that you know collectively we have a pretty strong knowledge base here, I would say, and we should tap into it a little bit. Besides that, we do have the real Wikipedia that's already been done. So <laughs> well, there is know, that with that power combined, um, with all the you know people and internet and everything else, um, you know we can uh, have a good body of knowledge here. So. Yeah. So anyway, please don't hesitate. Uh, don't be sheepish. If, if we're wrong, say you're wrong and tell us why and we'll, we'll look into it and we'll correct it. And if we're right, we're, we'll make fun of you. That'll be great. Yeah. That'll anyway. Be, that's like the flip side there. Yeah. So the best thing uh, for us to start, I think, you're, to, to really kick this off right is to let you know about the performance box because the F1 show is supported by the performance box, a GPS-based laptop performance meter and data logger. Perfect for any car nut to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car or motorcycle or tricycle or, you know, big wheel can do. Whatever. Shipping worldwide, except from Australia, for, for VBOX USA. For more info and the online store, go to performancedrift.com. Alrighty, we are back in just one week's time from Bahrain. Uh, I don't think that there will be rain at that race, so I, I think it will not. be a little more of a straightforward race. It would be a little apocalyptic. I can't even say it. You know what word I'm trying to say. Apocalyptic. Yes. Yeah, it starts raining in the desert in monsoon conditions. Dude, and I'm going through tissues, and I can't breathe right now. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your excuse. Okay, but anyway, we'll see you in a week's time. Hopefully, Robin will be feeling better, and uh, thank you guys again for listening. See ya.